Former Torrance police officers Coldy Weldon and Christopher Tomsnick have been charged in the state of California with two felony charges, felony vandalism and the conspiracy to commit vandalism. Tomsick and Weldon are among a group of 15 Torrance police officers that are being investigated by the city of Torrance, L.A. County, the state of California, and now the Department of Justice because of racist, homophobic, and anti-Semitic emails that have been circulated among the group. The two officers forementioned are being charged in an investigation of an impounded car that the two had confiscated that was found with with anti-Semitic symbols inside the car, including a swastika. The two officers are pled not guilty, and they do plan to be back in court later on. But now, dozens and dozens of cases involving the 15 officers are now being investigated in questions of conspiracy and scrutiny within those cases. But this is nothing new to L.A., okay? Let's understand what we're talking about. Anybody knows anything about the LAPD knows it's one of the most corrupted and one of the most racist police departments in the country. One of them. Um, everybody knows about, most people don't know about the history of LAPD, but most everybody knows about the Rodney King incident. And at that time, the police chief at that time was Daryl Gates. And everybody knew Daryl Gates was just as bad in L.A. as Bull Connor was in Birmingham, Alabama. That was just how bad uh, Daryl Gates was. And there ended up an investigation by the federal government behind the Rodney King incident. Well, Jeremiah Hart, the uh, police chief of Torrance, has vowed that everyone responsible for these type of actions will be taken care of, and these two officers in particular. Crazy thing is you would not think that such actions would be going on in a place like California. You know, those type of things you would expect in places like Mississippi, Alabama, uh, Louisiana, Arkansas, uh, Tennessee, Texas, Florida, North and South Carolina. In fact, many black folks moved away from the South to places like California to escape the racism and the bigotry and the Jim Crow laws and the black codes that existed in those places during at that time. But at the same time that many blacks were moving to places like Chicago and New York and LA, keep in mind, some of the racists ended up moving there too, bringing their hatred and their policies with them. At one point in time, places that are predominantly run by blacks like Inglewood, like Torrance, and like Compton were at one time forbidden to blacks. Blacks couldn't live in those places. They were considered sundown town. Now, for those of y'all don't know what a sundown town is, it's a place where blacks are not even in, wanted in those towns. They're not allowed to live there. They're not allowed to buy anything in there. They're not allowed to stay there for the night. In fact, they have signs in the beginning and end of their town to let blacks know you're not welcome here. And the crazy part was at one point, Torrance and Compton were among those towns that were like that. There's still sundown towns available. It's implied. I, there's one in my home state right there by Louisiana border. I'm not going to name the name of the town, but everybody that knows going through Louisiana, going to Louisiana, 
or going any point east, you don't stop in this town for anything. If you get, if you need your gas, you need to get it before you get to Beaumont or you go to push it till you get to Orange. They know this. This is an implied thing. But again, I'm not surprised at such co- corruptness in California. Because at one point during the Klan's heyday, there were just as many Klan members that come out of California as there was in Mississippi. Yeah. Just picture that. Just as many Klan members, if not more Klan members, in the state of California than in Mississippi or Alabama or Texas. All right? Just think about that for a second. As a matter of fact, here's the thing that should scare you, if anything else. Many police officers that work in police departments today have allegiance to the Klan, have allegiance to other white supremacist groups, such as the Aryan Brotherhood, you know, or they or the five or the one percenters. There, there are very many other police officers that subscribe to those racist tenets, and it floods throughout the departments, which is explanatory of why we have so many problems with police brutality, why we have so many instances of police brutality over the years. Because people like Thompson and Weldon exist. And as American we're not even going to talk about black American, white America. We're not even going there. Let's just think about it as an American citizen. That should scare the hell out of you if you are a black person. But it should scare the hell out of you if you're just a, if American, period. That there are actually people that have been sworn, that have sworn an oath before their peers and before God himself to protect the people that they're supposed to serve of whatever city fill in the blank. But they have an ulterior motive in mind. And it's not just exclusive to California. There are other cities that have these type of officers in them. I, and guarantee fact, every city has officers that think just like this. And they're in your communities. And they're in your schools. And then they're in your neighborhoods. That should scare you. Especially if you're a person of color, it should scare you. Now, uh, Jeremiah Hart, the Torrance police chief, has vowed that they're, that they're planning to make an investigation and that those men will be held accountable for what they did. Now, what that entails remains to be seen. But I will say this. I've a lot of people have been, one of the big things people have been talking about is defunding the police. Defunding the police does not necessarily mean taking the police off the streets. What it does mean is diverting funds that would have been for the police to other programs to help bring unity in, in, to, to communities. Places like Torrance that's had a long history of racism. Places like Hawthorne. Places like Compton, places like Oakland, California, places like Cleveland, Ohio, places like uh, Memphis, Tennessee, Rosewood, Florida, Liberty City, Florida, places like Charleston, South Carolina. 
You know, these type of things. And the thing that scares me more than anything else is the fact that you have officers that have made a vow to protect the citizens of the city that they're living in. But they got an ulterior motive in mind. And the problem is you have this attitude, this uh, persona, this stereotype that is pervasive in police departments all over the country. It is a persuasive attitude that flows through these police academies, and you got these young 18, 19, 20-year-old kids that want to do something. They choose to be police, and they want to do something positive, and you have these attitudes, and now you got your peers telling you, we're going to go pick on some fill-in-the-blank. And it ain't necessarily just black people. It could be Hispanic people. It could be Asian people. It could be women. It could be Jews, Muslims, whatever. And the thing is, everybody thinks that the corruption starts with the police chief. And that's true to a point. But the problem lies does not lie with the police chief. The problem starts in the police academies where they're taught about how to deal with citizens, how to make arrests. They're taught in these academies to harass and intimidate African-American and Latino and, and Chinese and Japanese and homosexuals and, and lesbians. They're taught to harass people that don't look like them, that don't think like them, that don't act like them. They're taught in the academies this stuff. This is not stuff that the police chief is barking down. He's not, they're not going to go that far. But they're teaching it in these academies. They're teaching this type of behavior in the police academies and telling these youngsters, hey, it's okay, we'll back you up. You go out there and you beat up on an N-word. You go up there and you beat up on an F-word. You go up and beat up on a R word, whatever that, whatever it is, we got your back. You got the full backing of the police. That's why it was easy for the officers in New York to harass and intimidate and choke out Eric Garner and justify it. It was easy for some, for two officers to gun down Tamir Rice like a dog in less than five seconds with no warning whatsoever in Cleveland, Ohio. But it was, but don't touch that. Don't touch the white dude with a knife that's charging at you. Don't shoot him, but shoot that little black boy. Yeah, it's okay. We got your back. That's the attitude that's being, that's being promoted in police departments all over the country. What's going, what's happening in Torrance right now is nothing new. It's been going on in police departments. There, it's it's corruption that is basically spread like a cancer throughout po the policing system. It's just not a Torrance problem. This is a this is a United States problem. This is a a, a police academy problem that has to be dealt with before you put these kids on the streets to get their heads tore off. Or to go out there and kill somebody, 
We got to let these people know, hey, these are the people you have been sworn by law before God to protect. And they don't all look like you, act like you, sound like you, do the things that you do, believe the same things you believe, act in the ways that you act. They're not all like you. You got to deal with it. And please don't get me wrong. I understand how hard it is to be a police officer in the, anywhere. Not just in the United States, to be a police officer anywhere. It's a hard job. It's not for everybody. It's not for scary folks. People that don't, that have, that have, don't have strong stomachs and strong demeanors can't be a police officer. It's just like being a soldier in the military. It, being a, everybody want to be a soldier until it's time to go out in the battlefield. It ain't for everybody. Not everybody's cut out to be a Marine. Not everybody's cut out to be a naval seaman. Not everybody's cut out to be an Air Force pilot. Same wing with the police. Not everybody cut out to be a police officer. But people jumping that want to be a police. Want to pick up a thinking. All they think about is get out of a, drive a police car, pull out a gun and shoot somebody. That's not what it's about. It's not about killing folks. It's about relate. It's about public relations. Police work has a whole lot less to do with arresting folks than it is with public relations, than dealing with individuals. That's what police work is all about. It's not about just putting handcuffs on folks. But if you're not taught any better, you don't know any better. It start, and once they got that police academy, it's too late. They already got the attitude put in their heads by, not only by the, their head, their, uh, their superiors in charge, but by other officers. And then you got somebody that's really never seen the real world outside their home, maybe outside their high school, maybe in their high school. I mean, I'm not saying every white person's like this. Please forgive me if it sounds like it. You got a white little young white kid or a little young black kid that ain't seen no, you know, if you're a black person trying to be a police, oh, Lord, I feel for you. But let's just say you're a young kid, you really ain't seen the world outside your sheltered life at home, and then you go to the police academy, and they introduce you to a whole new world. And then they tell you, that badge and that gun give you authority, and you can do whatever you want. Now, some people understand the responsibility of what that badge and gun represents. They understand it fully. And they take it seriously. And they use it seriously. But you got some that they don't understand the concept. They don't understand what it means. They go out there gung-ho with that wild attitude and just throw all caution to the winds. And that's how you end up with cases like Sandra Bland. That's why you end up with cases like Tamir Rice. That's why you end up with cases like Terrence Crutcher. That's why you end up with cases like Rayshard Brooks, Jacob Blake, fill in the blank. It, there's plenty and many over the years. But it all starts at what you get taught at the academy. Once you get that, once you take that oath and you out there on the streets, it's too late. You got to start with the attitude change in the academies. That's where it starts. You got to teach these young men and women how to relate 
with other people that don't look like them. Before you put them out on the streets, before you slap a gun in their hand and a baton in their hand and mace in their hand and give them authority, you got to teach them. You got to teach them. You got to teach them that there are people that don't look like them. There are people in this world that don't think like you do. Now everybody's a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant male. Okay? You're not, you're not just dealing with white Anglo-Saxon Protestant males. It'd be a whole other issue if that's the case. But you're dealing with blacks that are Muslim. You got dealing with Asians that, uh, that are Hindu. You're dealing with Jewish people. You're dealing with Christian people. You're dealing with black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people. You're dealing with those who are straight, those who are gay, those who are lesbian. You're dealing with people that have common sense and have no sense at all. These are the people you deal with. And you cannot just have this mentality that everybody that's this particular shade of, of, of the sun thinks like this and acts like this and walks like this and talks like this and does this and you do it this here way. There is, this is not a pat, cut and dry how to handle, this is, you, they don't have books say, okay, this is how you handle white folks, this is how you handle black people, this is how you handle Hispanic people. No, that's not the case. That's not reality. That's not reality. And again, if you are a police officer that works, and I'm not saying every police officer thinks like these two clowns in Torrance or the 13 other clowns with them. There are good, great police officers that do their job. There are police that care about the people they serve. There are police that want to see the gangs broken up. They want to see the streets safe. They want to see the kids grow up and be able to go outside and play and not fear about bullets whizzing by them every 15 seconds. They want the, the women to be able to go home and not worry about some guy molesting them. They want to see old people walking the street and not worry that they few little belongings that they have in life or their little social security check get jacked by some little young punk who don't want to work but want to go out there and just take and have stuff from other people. There are good police officers out there. And to those officers, men and women, I salute you. I pray for you. And I have nothing but love for you. I'm talking about that one little sliver. That one little worm that can ruin the apple. That's the group I'm talking about. That's the group that people that that people like Trump and others want to hide from the world. But the some but the crazy part is they keep rearing their heads out. Cowards in uniforms. That's basically what they are. Cowards in uniforms. So you got to think about these things. When that kid gets in that academy, they need to understand that the real world is not white, Anglo, Saxon, or Protestant. That's the real world. The real world is more colorful than, than them. The real world has problems. The real world has issues. The real world is not just white.
And if you don't teach them before they walk out that police, by the time they take that oath of office and got that badge on them, it's too late. If you ain't changed their minds by then, it's too late. They've already got the attitude in them and they already got their mentality in them to go out there and shoot as many of us as they want to. And don't they not even have they're not worried about consequences. They're not worried about repercussions because they got the full complete backing of the police department behind them. Just like these officers thought they did. But God, thank God for social media. Thank God for internet. Thank God for whistleblowers. Somebody saw this stuff, heard this stuff, and said, we're not going to have this. Because it could have easily been swept under the rug. It's like a whole lot of things been swept under the rug. Somebody saw it. And that's why they were investigated. But we have to understand there is a culture in police departments that paints the black man, the Hispanic man, as automatic suspects to be beaten and murdered and abused at will. There's a culture, a subculture in policing that treats black men, black women, women, period, and anybody that does not think like them as subhuman. So when we talk about getting defunding the police, we're not talking about getting rid of the police. We're talking about getting rid of the subculture. We gotta get rid of that culture. And it starts in the police academies. It starts there. Before they even take a before they even take the oath, it starts in the academy. We got to fix that, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to fix the problem right there in the academy before we even get to the academy. Before we even get to the oath. And what needs to happen is there needs to be a top-to-bottom investigation of every police academy in the country. Not just in Torrance, California, but everywhere. Every police academy needs to be taken and checked. And anybody that exhibits that kind of attitude needs to be rooted out. They need to be rooted out. Period. No excuses, no no repercussions. They just need to go. Because there's no room in any police department for anti-Semitism. There is no room in any police department for... for racism. There is no room in any police department for sexism. There is no room for in, in any police department for Islamophobia or Christian or or anti-Christian rhetoric or any other religious rhetoric. If you're going to wear the badge of the city, keep in mind you're representing the city. And you're not just representing your own kind. You're representing everybody else. And there has to be a higher standard. But it starts in the police academies. It starts there before the badge is even put on. Again, Hart promised that he's going to hold the two men and the others responsible. 
we're going to see what that all entails. And hopefully it involve, and it's, there's no punches being pulled or anything like that. But that these two officers and anybody else that does things like this get prosecuted to the fullest, complete extent of the law. Period. But we'll see what happens. Let's see what happens. It remains to be seen what they do. But anyway, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Who is Rugrat.net? We about to get this thing jumping. And in 22, it's only going to jump even higher. So join us. We'll see you there. Big Mel, who is Rugrat? Y'all have a good day. Blessed day. I'm out.